everyone. Once again, welcome to the Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network. Today is the November 15th edition of Season 4 of the Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. Court Report comes to you every Sunday night and Tuesday night at 7 p.m., only on the Nakam Siegel Network. Every week, we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know about it. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you once again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade. And if you've won a championship within that period, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, on Yes, This Season 4. Can't believe we are in Episode 2 of Season Season 4 of the Court Report. You may know me as a coach, you may know me as an official, you may know me as an analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of last season's episodes, all of the episodes for this coming season. Plus, you'll be able to send in comments for each show. Please keep the comments nice, though. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Also, we are just a little less than a month's time from the move of Jamie and the AM over to the Nakam Siegel Network. Pretty soon, it'll be the exclusive home of the of the JM and the AM show with Nachum Siegel. So get yourselves the uh, the app now so that you can listen to all of the amazing content uh, exclusively right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, another great week of sports behind us. We haven't quite gotten into all the action for the first two weeks. We'll do that within the next couple of episodes. Right now, though, uh, this week we're going to spend our time focusing on basketball. Last week, you know, as you know, we did the hockey preview. We had Mo Fuchs on with us. Again, thank you to Mo Fuchs for joining us for the hockey preview last week. This week, though, we're moving on to basketball. We're going to have the basketball preview, JV and varsity basketball preview. That will come to you later on this show, courtesy of myself, along with uh, SAR junior varsity basketball coach, Michael Courtney. We're also going to take some time to review last week's Cooper Memphis National Invitational Basketball Tournament. Last year, I had the privilege of going down to this tournament and actually witnessing it firsthand. A couple of years ago, I had uh, tournament director Josh Kahane on the show. Really piqued my interest. Got to go down there last year. It was an amazing spectacle. I regret not being able to be down there this year for an event kept me from going down south, but from what I hear and from uh, what we'll discuss later on, a lot of action, a lot of surprises, and really big intrigue coming out of that. For those of you that got the chance to watch any of the episodes, or sorry, any of the episodes, any of the games, you know what an interesting event it was, how uh, how action-packed, and uh, just how many twists and turns that event took. Those of you that participated in the bracket challenge, you realize that your bracket was busted very, very quickly, except for those that actually ended up winning. We had uh, three Yeshiva League participants 
points now, and they will get to that once we start on our preview. But again, that's coming up uh, this episode, that the interview with Michael Courtney, as well as if we have some time, we'll get into girls basketball and uh, talk a little bit about their leagues this coming year. Hopefully next week, we will return back to hockey. We will start uh, diving into each and every individual league and catch you up on what has gone on and what really has been uh, a a very impactful first few weeks of the season. Again, that will be next week on the Court Report. But for this week, we are going to focus again on basketball, and we're going to start off with our review of this year's Cooper Tournament. Ultimately, I would have loved to have had Josh Kahane come on the show so we can have a chat about the tournament. Uh, always a great interview. Josh is always very insightful, very knowledgeable about the sport of basketball, and really fun to have as a uh, as a guest on our show. Uh, unfortunately, our scheduling this year just didn't work out. The conflicts kept us from getting on the phone before this episode. So maybe over the next couple of weeks, he and I can sit down if uh, and uh, get that done. Maybe, maybe not. But in lieu of that, I'm very willing to give you the results of what happened in Memphis myself. Very entertaining uh, um, tournament this year. They had their it was their tenth event, so they've been going for a very long time since 2007. And and every year always brings with it something very, very cool to remember. Uh, not as many Yeshiva League participants as in the past. Uh, this year, only three Yeshiva League participants. There was Flatbush, Heschel, and Kushner. Last year, several. The year before, several. In fact, uh, two years ago and last year, both, it was Yeshiva League participants who were uh, who were in the finals. Uh, two years ago, it was North Shore and Hafter. Last year, it was Hafter and DRS meeting up. But uh, the way things uh, looked this year, the way things started out this year, or the way they were matched up, seemed to be uh, not likely that we would get that same result. Getting more into the seedings, let's actually give you the seedings right now. Uh, 16 teams, as usual. The way it works is you win day one, you go to tier one bracket, you uh, lose day one, you go to tier two bracket, and then it breaks off with each and every win and loss. Taking you down the uh, the, the seedings. Number one, the Weinbaum, uh, well, technically this year, the Cats Yeshiva High School of South Florida Storm, otherwise known as the Weinbaum Storm. They keep changing their name, but they're still as, uh, still as impactful on the basketball scene. Number two, the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School from Maryland. Three was the first Yeshiva League participant, the Flatbush Falcons. Flatbush, as we uh, have covered last year, not having such a uh, such a great tournament, falling all the way down, I believe, to seventh in Tier One. I believe that I believe they were ranked seventh last year and ended up filling out. Uh, that role um, after a couple of bad days of tournament. Number four, the Rabbi Alexander S. Gross Hebrew Academy Warriors, otherwise known as Raji. Number five, the host Cooper Yeshiva Max, looking to uh, to take home their first championship at uh, Cooper in quite a while. Number six, the perennial favorites, the Eula Panthers, uh, starting out with a very precarious seeding. We'll see what happened to them a little later on. Seven, uh, Milliken, a school that's always talked about in the uh, in the Jewish Hoops America standings, but never really seen at tournaments. So this was a very interesting uh, look at a school that we had not had a chance to really see 
uh, on the national scene. Number eight, the Yeshiva of Waterbury Wolfpack. Number nine, our second Yeshiva League participants, the uh, Heschel School Heat. Number 10, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School Cobras, the third of our three Yeshiva League teams. Number 11, the Rochelle Zell Jewish High School uh, Tigers. Uh, I believe that was Chicagoland for several years. Chicagoland winners of the event uh, a couple of years ago before uh, before that big Yeshiva League run. Number 12, uh, newcomers, Masifta of Greater Philadelphia Mustangs. Number 13, the Day Toledo High School Jaguars. 14, Fasman Yeshiva High School. 15, the Atlanta Jewish Academy Jaguars. And 16, the Yeshiva Kadima High School Chargers. So a really action-packed field. Uh, it's very strange to, to look at this and not see the Yeshiva League team at the very top. Over the last few years, we've seen Yeshiva League teams like DRS, uh, don't remember who it was two years ago. If I check the site, I can probably find out who it was two years ago that uh, that took home, that was the number one seed for the tournament. Uh, 20, 2015, I know it was DRS. For 2016, I believe it was... Sorry, I mean, for 2014, I believe it was North Shore. So, breaking a streak, I don't know how far before that it extended, and I'm sure, again, we can check on the uh, on the Cooper tournament for that, how long ago it was before we've had a non-number one Yeshiva League team. But this year, Weinbaum taking that distinction. So let's go through each day by day and give you a little breakdown of how each of those games were. We're going to start off, we're going to go down bracket uh, style for the first day. Uh, first uh, first day, uh, the day one again, as, is, as I said before, you win your first round. All 16 teams are seated 1 through 16, uh, tournament style. You win your first game, you go on to the tier one bracket, you lose your first game, you go on to tier two. One sixteen matchup, the Cats Yeshiva High School of South Florida Storm against the Yeshiva Kadima High School Chargers. Uh, quite a bit of a blowout. The Storm defeating the Chargers 82-15. to High score for Cats. Uh, Ethan Lasko, 19 points. Ethan Lasko, big contributor in last year's event, uh, coming, uh, coming of age... Uh, as a uh, as a star player for uh, Cats, sending them on to the second round. Jonas Schaffner, 11 points for the Chargers in their first game in the tournament. They would end up facing in the second round the winner of the Yeshiva Waterbury Wolfpack against the Heschel High School Heat. This game went into overtime with Heschel narrowly edging out the Wolfpack by one point. Again, final score of that game, Heschel 58, uh, Waterbury 57. So, 8-9 game, not really so much of an upset, but you see the 9-seed Heschel moving on to Tier 1, Waterbury dropping back into Tier 2. Moving down the line, the 5-12 matchup, the Cooper Yeshiva Max home team topping the Mustangs of uh, Masifter of Greater Philadelphia, drubbing them by the score of 65-26. to Daniel Katz with 17 points for the home team, Max. Uh, Shmuel Abraham, 10 points for Masifter of Greater Philadelphia in their first game in the tournament. They would take on, the Cooper Max would ta- uh, move on to Tier 1 to take on 
the winner of the Razgy de Toledo game, Razgy, topping de Toledo by 10, a high-scoring affair, 73-63. to Ben Tal leading the way for Razgy with 18, only to be topped by de Toledo High School's high scorer, Ezra Emanuel, with 33. Uh, so 33, I believe, was the high watermark for the first day. We'll get around to the rest of the action, and then we'll get back to it. But I think it also might have been the high for the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. We'll see as that goes on. Um... Going down to the lower half of the bracket now, as we saw, Rashi would match up, uh, will match up with Cooper in day two's action. Uh, going down to the next setup, Yeshiva Flatbush, the third seed. Again, we talked about Yeshiva Flatbush's woes at the tournament last year, facing the Fasman Yeshiva High School every year. I remind everybody about the insane Saturday night matchup that Fasman was a part of several years ago with. Uh, with uh, fellow yeshiva, uh, sorry, not fellow, but other yeshiva uh, league uh, participant Derek Hatora. This one not quite as uh, intense as that one, uh, but F- Flopush would uh, escape the first day with a 64 to 54 victory on the heels of 14 points from Kevin Haddad. Just a an aside, Flatbush came into this uh, into the tournament knowing that it would be without Jackie Michon. Jackie Michon, as we said a couple of years ago, going down with an injury to his. His knee uh, this year, the other knee giving out on on Michan, and um, uh, do not know that he will be around for action again this year. But Falcons moving on in spite of that again, 64 to 54. Uh, again, uh, 14 points from Kevin Haddad, and also 14 points from Arik TK from Fasman. Moving down to the uh, to the team that they would face, uh, well, they would face the winner of the next game. Technically, it was the second game of the day. Second game of the day would produce the first upset. Eula, perennial favorites. This year, the sixth seed falling in major fashion to Rochelle Zell uh, Jewish High School. Uh, that would be Chicagoland. Tigers of Chicagoland, or Rochelle Zell, drubbing Eula 55-27. to really giving them a, a, a nice pounding. Uh, Panthers would be led by by uh, nine, by 19 points from Evan Teichman, uh, but uh, Eli Nassatir dropping 15 for Chicagoland to allow them to move on, sending Eula to its first consolation bracket. And I don't know how long. That would have been something I would have loved to have uh, asked uh, 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 Josh Kahane. Waymo will get a chance to to ask him that some point over the next couple of days, just to sort of fill that in. Moving down, the two seed, uh, one the seed that I thought uh, I had as a favorite to win, the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Lions. Saw them last year at the tournament. Really, really exciting team to watch. Really like to run and gun. Uh, a couple of extremely solid players, Daniel Kuhnreich and uh, Brian Knapp, uh, all of whom would uh, feature into the school's uh, uh, action over the four days of the event. They took on the Atlanta Jewish Academy Jaguars. wasn't a competition at all. Uh, Charles E. Smith winning 63-19. to Kuhnreich leading the way with 12 points. A very distributed effort for the Lions. Uh, Dustin Diani scoring seven of the uh, uh, Jewish Academy Jaguars, 19 points in the loss. Moving down to the final game for our uh, first day bracket, Milliken. Milliken, as I said before, the uh, California-based school uh, came without a couple of its best players, so we really don't know how it could have done over the course of the tournament. They came in as a 17. Had they been full-staffed, maybe they're higher. Um, 
went into uh, a game against Kushner the first day, dropped Kushner by 24, final score 54-30. to 30. So Kushner, the only uh, Yeshiva League school on day one to suffer a defeat. Amitai Afenya with 16 points. Uh, sophomore Gabe Plotzker leading Kushner with 9. So day one with a couple of interesting results. Only one real major upset, that being the Eula loss. Again, I don't think you really call Heschel a major, uh, the Heschel win over Waterbury to be a major loss because that's the 8-9 game. So it's set up day two to be as follows. Uh, Tier 2 bracket would look like this. Number 1 uh, the in the Tier 2 would be the Toledo Jaguars. Number 2 would be the Chief of Waterbury Wolfpack. Eula given the 3 seed. Fasman the 4. Kushner the 5. Atlanta Jewish Academy the 6. Masifta Academy uh, Mustangs uh, from Philadelphia 7. And the Kadima Chargers the 8th seeds. Game 1 of Tier 2. De Toledo and Kadima. De Toledo thoroughly throttling uh, Kadima, 90-16. to 16. Uh, Again, uh, Ezra Manuel putting in uh, the high score for De Toledo, 17 points uh, in really taking out the Chargers by himself, essentially. 17 points for Emmanuel, 16 for the Chargers. They would end up facing, on day three, they would face the winner of the Fasman Yeshiva Kushner game again. Kushner uh, looking to rebound from day one would do so with a six-point victory over Fasman, 41 to 35, sending them on to the I guess you call it a tier two championship semifinal bracket. Sam Bernstein dropping 17 points, Akiva Lafer 10 points for Fasman in the Fasman loss. So Kushner uh, avenging its day one loss and getting a chance to move into a a winner's bracket. Eula and Atlanta Jewish Eula. Also avenging its day one loss, beating the Jaguars of Atlanta 61 to 27. Alan Gindy dropping as many as the Jaguars did by himself for Eula, 27 points. Uh, Atlanta Jewish again only uh, 27, led in this game once again by by Aiden Shmuel with six points. Final tier two game. The number two seed Yeshiva of Waterbury Wolfpack and the number seven Mistifta Mustangs. The Wolfpack uh, doubling up the Mustangs, 78 to 39, on the back of A.B. Resnick, who scored 16. Shmuel Abraham led the Mustangs with 12. So for day three in tier two, would set up Day Toledo and Kushner in the championship bracket and Eula and Yeshiva of Waterbury. We'll get to that in just a moment. Heading down to the Tier 1 games. Uh, Tier 1 semifinal, uh, quarterfinal number 1 would feature a major upset. The second seed, JDS Lions, and the number 7 Milliken Wildcats. Again, we told you a couple of minutes ago just how interesting Milliken really was. Milliken from California. Unknown team coming in, missing a couple of its best players, coming in, upsetting uh, Charles E. Smith by the score of 58 to 55. This despite 35 points from Brian Knapp. This would tie for the high score on the day uh, and actually for the tournament itself. Uh, Brian Knapp again scoring 35 in the loss. Uh, Keon Zar, so, uh, senior Keon Zar, scoring 18 points for Milliken in the victory. 
So Milliken upsetting Charles E. Smith, JDS, and sending them to the consolation bracket, they would face the winner of the Flatbush and Rochelle Zell Jewish High School Tigers game. This one not really a contest. Flatbush continuing its dominance, 62-47. to uh, A.B. Rosau scoring 20 points in the win. Felix Rosen, 15 for the Tigers. So Flatbush uh, already in two days doing better than it did last year, setting itself on to the Tier 1 finals. Uh, sorry, Tier 1 semifinals. I apologize. In the bottom half of that bracket, uh, great game on the day. Rashji and Cooper, home team uh, Cooper, Max, and the Rashji Warriors. This one was a barn burner. Max would come away with this one, 61 to 55, despite another 35 point in a loss effort by Bental. Bental, last year, one of the uh, one of the most enthralling people at the tournament. Really uh, sharpshooting uh, three-point uh, three-point maven. Really hitting shots from outside the line. Slashing, driving, uh, distributing. Really did everything and did the same this year. Just couldn't pull Rashi over the top. High score for Cooper, Jeffrey Owen, who you heard on our tournament show last year. Jeffrey, a, uh, a transfer in last year to the school. 22 points in the victory to send Cooper on to the final four and potentially uh, to give uh, Memphis a chance at, at its uh, at its first crown in quite some time, they would end up facing the winner of the number one Katishiva High School Storm and the number nine Heschel Heat. Save this for last because another amazing game and a thrilling upset. Yeshiva League participant Heschel coming in. Two of them teams tied at 36 at the end of the fourth, so we went to overtime. Heschel goes in, takes out the storm by the score of 43-42, to 42, behind 15 points from Jeremy Spira. So, the Heschel Heat, coming in as the 9 seed, not really predicted to make waves, coming in, taking out Waterbury in the first round, upsetting Cats, the perennial, uh, not the perennial, but really the consensus favorite for this tournament, the number 1 seed. Um, so Heschel comes in, knocks them out, sends them into the consolation bracket. Heschel, another Yeshiva League team, uh, third Yeshiva League team to win on the day, with Kushner having won its game against Fasman, Flatbush having won its game, as we told you a second ago. So Flatbush and Heschel would both move on to the semifinal games uh, in the in the Tier 1 bracket. Bracket. Saturday night, after what was an amazing job as I hear, Saturday night always have the most interesting parts of the uh, tournament because they're up to all hours of the night. Go back to last year's uh, tournament or two years ago's tournament recap with uh, Josh Kahane. You can hear all about the amazing action that has gone on on Saturday nights. Always, uh, always something really special to be up till all hours in the morning. Again, last week it was with the clock change, so if you uh, if you were watching, you gained yourself an extra hour of watching the tournament. Starting out, not really starting out, but more just in line with Tier 2. Tier 2 Consolation Semifinal. This was the the bottom four. Fasman and Kadima coming off their two losses. Fasman able to uh, put a win on the board, 65-24 to 24 over Kadima. So Fasman would advance to the Tier 2 Consolation, I guess you can call it the, the fifth place game. And they would end up facing the Masifta Mustangs, who upended uh, Atlanta Jewish Jaguars 57-55. to The Mustangs 
coming uh, coming in at this as the seventh seed in Tier 2. Not having good first two days, but upending Atlanta Jewish. Uh, the Mustangs, led by Shmuel uh, Abraham with 25 points. Shmuel Abraham, really the bulk of the scoring for, for Masifta over the course of the day. Dustin Diani, again, leading Atlanta Jewish with 22 points despite the loss. So, moving over to to uh, back up to the championships and my finals. Um, just to recap, sorry, before we move on, just to recap the consolation uh, finals, which would be the next day, you would have the tier two. You would have the tier two fifth place game between uh, Masifta Mustangs and Phasmin, and you will have the tier two seventh place game, effectively fifteenth and sixteenth, with Atlanta Jewish and Kadimo. We'll get to those both of those games in just a minute or two. Moving up to the tier two semifinal bracket. Uh, two-seed Waterbury Wolfpack, three-seed Eula Panthers. So the uh, two-seed uh, Wolfpack, again, coming in after first day loss to Heschel, winning their day two matchup. Wouldn't get much further in this one. Eula taking, uh, taking a win here, 57-41. to 41. Evan Teichman putting in 15 for Eula in the victory to send them on to the Tier 2 championship game. They would end up facing the De Toledo Jaguars, who would knock off the Kushner Cobras in a very close game, uh, 54-48. to Jaguars led by dual co-scorers Elon Ben-Nissan and Ezra Emanuel with 14 points. Sam Bernstein again leading Kushner with 19 points in the loss. De Toledo and Eula would go on to the Tier 2 championship game. Waterbury and Kushner would square off on Sunday in the Tier 2 consolation game. Moving up, back up to Tier 1, the Tier 1 consolation semifinals. Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Lions and the RZJHS Tigers. In this one, the Lions would uh, would uh, bounce back from their Day 2 loss, narrowly nipping the Tigers in the Battle of the Big Cats, 65-63. to Knapp once again leading the Lions, this time with 16 points. Ellie Nusseteer again leading the Tigers, this time with 17. Charles E. Smith would move on to the fifth place game in tier one, where they would where they will face the surprise upset again, Rajji Warriors over the Cats Yeshiva High School Storm. So Cats falling again the second time in three days. So coming in, they won their first round game, couldn't get past Heschel in the second round, couldn't get past Rajji in the third round, and well, call it the third round, the third day of uh, of competition. So one of the things I would have loved to have asked um, uh, Josh Kahane is how he felt, whether Katz uh, was over uh, overranked coming in or whether they just really underperformed. Evan Jacoby would be the highest scorer for Katz in the loss with 12 points. Rajji, Jackus Formas, 16 game high in the 52-47 victory. So Rajji and uh, Charles E. Smith meeting up in the Tier 1 fifth place game. Katz and RZJHS falling down to the seventh place game. Now for the Tier 1 championship semifinals. Team number one from the Yeshiva League, Flappish Falcons, the highest seed coming out of day two. Surprising. I mean, again, we go back. I asked that about Katz. You could ask that about Charles E. Smith also. Was Charles E. Smith overranked? Were they? Was it just a matter of who they ran into? Again, more things that uh, 
that come out in a year where where it seems like Yeshiva League teams just aren't at the top, but somehow make their way to the top. So Flatbush, the three seed, the highest seed going in, facing off against Milliken. Flatbush, Yellow Goldberg, with an 18-point effort, dropping Milliken 63-47. to Aaron Haruni leading Milliken with 15 points in the loss. But the Falcons, after last year, uh, after the poor showing last year, making it all the way to the finals, their second championship game of the year, again, having dropped, uh, having made, but dropping the Mag and David preseason tournament. Uh, Flatbush made it to the finals of the preseason tournament against DRS, losing to DRS by only a couple of points. So Flatbush now uh, in their second champ going to be in their second championship game of the early season, boating well for the boys from Brooklyn. On the other side, uh, Cinderella matchup, you have the uh, host, Cooper Max, the fifth seed, and the number nine seed, the Heschel Heat. Heschel coming in and upsetting the uh, the home crowd with a four-point victory, 51-47. to Ilan Orgel, 15 points for the Heat. Caleb Malovsky with the 18-point effort for the Cooper Max in the loss. So Cooper would have to settle for the Tier 1 consolation game on the final day along with Milliken. And this would set up the huge and unexpected, extremely unexpected, three-seed Flatbush Falcons and the nine-seed Heschel Heat. We'll preview that and actually go through that a little later on as we start our Day 4 action. So we mentioned the, uh, we're going to go through order of place here. Technically what would be the 15th place game. Tier 2, 7th place. Atlanta Jewish and Kadima. Atlanta Jewish taking the game 54-45 to behind 16 points from Jeb Bland. Uh, actually, uh, Kadima had the high score in the game. Caleb Missler with 22 points. But Jeb Bland leading Atlanta Jewish in the win, allowing Atlanta Jewish to leave uh, Memphis with a win, albeit the seventh place, technically the fifteenth place, the seventh place in tier two, which would mean Kadima would finish in sixteenth and Atlanta in fifteenth. In the battle for thirteenth, Fasman and the Masifta Mustangs squared off. Quite a blowout here, forty-seven to seven. Fasman, Bensi Azoz with seventeen points. Shmuel Abraham, four of the of the Mustangs. Seven points. Uh, one of those games where it's just the last day doesn't really matter much to these kids. Some of them just want to go home. Uh, but the Mustangs, uh, um, but uh, sorry, Fasman putting on a very good defensive showing in a, in a early morning game. Moving up to the Tier 2 Constellation third place game, the Yeshiva Waterbury Wolfpack and the Kushner Cobras. Kushner, looking to end off the tournament on a win, could not get it, drubbed by Waterbury, 69-48. to uh, Waterbury led by, again, A.B. Resnick with 23 points. Sam Bernstein once again leading Kushner, this time with 20 points in the loss. Tier 2 Championship game, De Toledo and Eula. Eula always seemed to be in the mix fighting for a championship. Tier 2 not exactly the one you'd consider them going for, and uh, they wouldn't get that one either. Surprisingly, Eula not walking away with hardware this year. The Day Toledo Jaguars upending Eula 45 to 34 behind Ezra Emanuel again another nice showing 16 points. Alan Gindy pacing the way for Eula with half their points with 17. So Day Toledo would walk away with the Tier Two Championship, effectively the ninth place in the tournament. But as uh, Cooper would have it, uh, the ninth place is also a champion as the Tier 2 championship.
moving up to the Tier 1 bracket, 7th place, the Kat Yeshiva High School Storm and the Rochelle Zell Jewish High School Tigers. This one, uh, the Kat Yeshiva High School can uh, hold their heads up high as they walked away with a 58-28 to victory. Ethan Lasko for Cats with 31 points, outstripping uh, Rochelle Zell on his own. David Vanegart with 6-4 Rochelle Zell. So Cats pretty much pulling the opposite of the Flatbush from last, uh, from, uh, well, more pulling the Flatbush from last year, being a higher-ranked team, uh, falling all the way down to the bottom of the uh, Tier 1 bracket, but salvaging their last day with a win to finish in 7th place, Rochelle Zell finishing in 8th place. Another unexpected Tier 1 5th place matchup, Charles E. Smith and Rasji. In this one, the higher seed, one of the higher seeds in the tournament, walked away with the victory, 61-47. to Charles E. Smith led again by Brian Knapp, 29 points in the win. Rashi again paced by Jackus Formas with 21 points in the loss. Charles E. Smith finishing in fifth place. Now on to the hardware brackets. Tier 1 consolation, the Cooper Max and the Milliken Wildcats. Cooper looking for its first hardware in quite some time. Upended by Milliken, though, by the score of 63-56. to Amitai Affenjar, 24 points in the victory. Caleb Malovsky, again, pacing Cooper in the loss. So Cooper uh, can hold its head high, though, uh, making it all the way to the T1 Consolation, a place it hasn't been in quite some time, seeing a chance at hardware on day four of their own tournament. Uh, Bodes for good things for for the Cooper Max. Definitely, uh, definitely on their way up, and looking forward to seeing more out of them over the course of the year. But the national championship game two years ago, as I said, we had North Shore and Hafter. Last year, DRS and Hafter coming in. We weren't expecting to have two Yeshiva League teams, but there we have it. We have Yeshiva, Flatbush, and Heschel, the number three seed and the number nine seed. Always seems to come back to the Yeshiva League, so I guess it's something to hang our hats on, that even though we sent only three teams there, two teams ended up going to the championship. And in this one, another upset, as the Heschel Heat pull off the 64-54 victory. Ilan Orgel, 28 points, named MVP of the tournament. Kevin Hadid pacing Flatbush in the loss with 19. So that makes two straight tournament losses in the championships for Flatbush. Again, having dropped the preseason Magan David tournament to DRS, now losing to Heschel. Heschel, uh, definitely surprising all comers, uh, the number ninth seed going into the tournament. Um, one of the more middle teams in the Yeshiva League this year, as we'll see when we get to uh, our conversation with Michael Courtney in just a few minutes. Heschel, not really expected to do as well as they did, but congratulations to Coach Evan Pickman and the Heschel Heat on this accomplishment. Just in terms of the hardware handed out at the tournament, Again, I told you uh, that the uh, Tier 1 Most Outstanding Player is Ilan Orgel. Tier 2 Most Outstanding Player from the champion De Toledo Jaguars, Ezra Emanuel. The 2016 Cooper Invitational All-Tournament Team, Rajji's Ben Tal. Charles E. Smith's Brian Knapp from the Cooper Max. Two t- two uh, players, Jeffrey Owen and Caleb Malobsky. From Milliken, Aaron Haruni. And from Flatbush, A.B. Rosau. They also had the uh, three-point competition. Uh, Joel Varden from Charles E. Smith, the winner from, uh, again, from Charles E. Smith of the national three-point shootout. Each team also had individual 
All-Stars uh, for De Toledo's Ilan Benisan, Katz's Evan Jacoby, Atlanta's Ben Golinski, Cooper's Daniel Katz, Charles E. Smith's Nadav Kalandar, Waterbury's A.B. Resnick, Milliken's Amitai Afinjar, Yeshiva University, that's Eula Allen Gindy, Rashi's Noah Schiff, Kushner's Sam Bernstein, Heschel's Jeremy Spira, Fasman's Ben Ciazos, Philadelphia's Shmuel Abraham, Rochelle Zell, Chicago, Land Felix Rosen, Yeshiva Kadima's Jonas Schaffner, and Flatbush's Isaac Arazi. So congratulations to everybody, and congratulations to Cooper on what was another fascinating and extremely entertaining tournament. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. I am your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League sports. So that was the Cooper Memphis National Invitational Tournament for the 2016 calendar year. Now that that's taken care of, let's move back to the Yeshiva League. I said last week, uh, after, our, uh, after our hockey preview, that we would spend some time talking about the upcoming basketball season. And we did just that this past Saturday night, I had the chance to uh, to have a phone conversation with SAR Junior Varsity Basketball Head Coach Michael Courtney. Michael uh, has been in the league for several years and has a real uh, fi- has his finger on the pulse of the Yeshiva League for both Varsity and JV. We sat down for uh, for about 20 minutes. We were short, sort of short on time. We sat down for about 20 minutes. We had a little bit of a conversation as to what to expect from this year in the in the Yeshiva Basketball League. So. Uh, so here's a conversation that we had again like last week. I apologize for the quality, but nonetheless, it was still very informative and is very entertaining. So here is our 2016-2017 Yeshiva Basketball League preview. On the court report, we present to you our annual JV and Varsity Basketball Season Preview. Here to help us with the 2016-2017 season preview, Coach Michael Courtney. Michael is the head coach of the two-time finalist Junior Varsity Basketball SAR Sting. Thanks for joining us tonight, Michael. Thank you for having me, sir. Go ahead. Tell us a little about yourself, how you got into coaching, and your experiences coaching in the Yeshiva League. Sure. So, I've been working at SAR High School for the last 10 years, and I've been coaching JV Boys Basketball since starting at SAR. And I've been a long-time basketball fan and a basketball player. I've played at Hillel in North Miami Beach, Florida. And I came to SAR in 2007 and been coaching TV Boys Basketball. It's a lot of success, thankfully, with a lot of talent at SAR. And won the championships four and a half years ago. And looking to retrieve that glory after two straight finals appearances, but unfortunately losing the first the last two years. We'll get into that in about just a minute. We're going to, just before we get in, just, you've, you've coached for a very long time. In your years as a coach, what do you feel is the most important aspect for our players to carry with them through their high school careers and later on as well? So, I always tell my kids that basketball is not life. And any coach who tells you otherwise is severely mistaken. Basketball, especially at a high school level, is about growth and development. And I believe it's very important for kids to learn teamwork and camaraderie and balancing academics with athletics, with family, with the personal health. Um, I think winning a championship stays with you forever, but also having positive experiences, aside from just winning tough games, stays also forever. So I think basketball teaches a lot of lessons in life that kids will carry with them, and hopefully a championship cuts will carry on top. I want to cut right into our, our preview, starting with the varsity. 
Last year, there were several storylines that spanned their way from October through March, such as DLS's undefeated run through the Yeshiva League, as well as what was considered to be the main rivalry last year between top players Gabriel Leifer from DLS and A.B. Perlow from Hafter. Are there any clear-cut storylines to jump out at you before the season begins, or at this point with the season having already begun? So, I would say SAR Varsity is a force to be reckoned with. They are incredible. Dovey Marcus, I coached him two years ago. We lost the championship by one point. And since then, he's lost 35 pounds of baby fat, and now is in incredible shape and unstoppable. Um, he's now dominating the LA basketball tournament. Daniel Wasowski also got better. He's my starting shooting guard. And they also had Jared Oppenheimer, who's playing varsity sophomore, who is crafty and unreal. So that seems to be a force to reckon with. Fish will also be really good. Uh, they won the JV championship the last two years, and those guys are in varsity, and they have a lot of height and a lot of skill and depth. So they'll be a storyline to watch. And I went to the SAR Flatbush game the other night, and Flatbush, really talented. They had this kid, Haddad, who could fly in the air. Kevin. He would hit jump shots where he just hung in the air like you would see in the NBA and NCAA, not necessarily Yeshiva League. So Flatbush, I think, would also be a force. So I think Flatbush, SAR, Fresh are the top three. Okay, we'll get to Flatbush in just a second. Um, just want to get back to a team that I mentioned a second ago. We discussed DLS going through last year, taking the Mag and David tournament, the Cooper tournament, the Yeshiva League, and Sarachek. The Wildcats have already gone out and captured this year's Mag and David preseason tournament. Does DLS have it in them to run the Yeshiva League table again? And if not, is there anybody else who can? So I think it's very tough for DLS to run the table. Yes, they're very talented. When I had the JV kids two years ago, we beat them in the playoffs and the quarterfinals in a very close game. But I don't think they're at the first level necessarily. Um, I can definitely see SAR running the table. I can see them going undefeated, winning this LA tournament, and especially winning Sarachek. They are that talented with a lot of depth. Um, they have a combination of height, experience, shooting, superior point guard player with Jared Oppenheimer and Yannis Blasky, uh, a lot of playoff tested runs. So I think it's going to change around the table and varsity could be SAR, but I don't want to put the pressure on that boys. You, we'll get to SAR in a second as we go through the West. You mentioned Flatbush, the team that made a surprise run to the finals last year. That group was a mostly junior squad last year, a team with now with a massive amount of big game experience. At this point, Flatbush has made both the finals of the Megan David tournament and the Cooper tournament and lost both. Now, these championship games that they've played against DLS and Heschel respectively, having CLM this year, are these games that this Falcons squad should be winning? Well, I heard Flatbush had a really good player who tore up his knee. Right, so that, that really hurts. And that happened also in the past with his other day. So, I don't know if anyone should be winning when one of the top players is out for the year. I think just going that far is something to congratulate. So is it a more positive aspect that they're making these finals against top competition this early in the year? Or is there cause for concern that they aren't getting over the hump? I'm sure in Brooklyn they want to win every single game, but hopefully they recognize that just getting to the finals Okay, so let's talk a little about the teams that could contend with Flatbush in the East this year. Who do you feel could be listed as favorites? So in the East, I think Hafter should be pretty good. Um, I don't recall from two years ago when I had them on JV, any force out in the East besides Flatbush and Hafter being very good. But I think the West is where it's held, so I'm not really sure about the East otherwise. What is it 
about half that makes him a contender this year, having lost big man E.B. Pearl graduated last year. So what is it, what do they retain that makes them a, a contender in your mind? So, last year we played Hester pretty tough three times. We beat them once in exhibition, once in the Rubinson tournament, once in the quarters. And they were really tough. And they had some very good sophomore talent who are now going to be juniors. So our juniors will have some growing pains potentially, but I think those boys will coalesce by season's end and have a nice clap run. Who would you say could be a dark horse in the East? Something, some team that people may not consider early on. Hmm. I think on JV is excellent. I don't know varsity what their status is. Um, dark horse out East? I really couldn't tell you otherwise. I'm sorry. Moving over to the West now. Given that the varsity rosters this year are comprised of the last two years of JV basketball, you've already mentioned them, I'm going to take a massive leap and assume that the favorites from the West have to be the matchup that we've seen the last two years in the JV Championship, Frisch and SAR. Right. I think CBC, I didn't mention earlier, also is right, because that kid Proctor can shoot the likes of it. It's very hard to stop. But I don't know if they have a supporting character, but he's also excellent. CBC should be a force. Just going back to SAR and Frisch for a minute, what made the two teams so dominant in JV, and how can we see it translate this year in varsity? So I think having the star power in the starting lineup and very good depth is important. Um, for example, Daniel Osofsky was one of my star players two years ago, and he was a six-man eighth grade at Mariah, meaning those Jersey boys, there are so many good players that he wasn't even a starter, and he was one of my top scorers. So Frisch has this great figure pool for Mariah, Yasmin, Tournament. Has Heschel earned a right to be in the conversation? So, I don't know what Heschel is like now. Two years ago, we handled them pretty easily. Um, I know they had twins that graduated. I think Brandeis twins are very good. I just don't know who they have now. That's excellent. Um, perhaps only for them two years ago, they were top sophomores were playing varsity, and I didn't get to see them. So, I'm just I'm not too familiar with Heschel and how much of a force they can be. Okay, is there anybody else in the West that you see in the contenders category? I know you mentioned TABC, but is there anybody else that you feel is really up there that could compete for a title, or is everybody else just sort of at the next tier? So, MCA should be really good. They have a huge front line with the twins, with the Bender twins, and another kid, I think. When we oh, played them, Carlton? Yes, that's it. Sorry, thank you. We played them two years ago at school over to the semifinal, and their front line on defense was very hard to penetrate, and they're a great rebounding team, so they should also be a force. I just have no idea how they developed in the past two years, but MTA with TABC should be that next year beneath SAR and Fresh. Well, MTA having already defeated JEC this year, doubling them up 54-27. to 27. So MTA uh, entering the, con- the conversation once again. Do you see them as a dark horse, or is there another team a little lower down? I know you mentioned TABC. What's the story with Ramaz? Where do you see them this year? So, I think... Ramaz is not there. I think they have a couple of good players. Um, Sam Rice, Tottenham, Ethan Abraham, but not at the same level as the top teams. So they've hit, they've hit quite a snub the last two years. They used to be they used to be one of the top level talents. Ramaz, though, hitting on hard times out in the city. Right. So um, in the basketball program, unfortunately, hasn't had the same talent pool the way it used to a few years ago. So if I had to put. Like a change. 
it, you know, it can change over the course of the year. As you said already with Flatbush, one injury already making a big difference with them. So who knows what can happen in you know a very short period of time. Exactly. Yep. Barring that, who are the big names in terms of players that we can look for this year? You already mentioned. I'm sorry, Dover, sorry. Uh, you, already, you already mentioned Dover Marcus. You already mentioned uh, uh, Kevin Haddad from Flatbush. Who are the names in terms of players we should be looking at this year? So first is Ronnie Leifer, and you saw Solomon, Jack Stepner, they're pretty talented. Uh, you know, so Daniel Wasatsky, Judah Oppenheimer, Yair Splasky, KBC, Mo Proctor is a force. He could be one of the most talented players in the league. NCA has the, the Buckbinder Twins, um, got the first names, but they're really talented. Then we have Bernard Sam Reich and Todd are good players. We have, um, Flatbush Haddad, and there's another player, I forgot his name also, a very good player. A.B. Rosa? A.B. Rosa, yes, exactly. Putting you up, I'm going to put you to the flames right now. Who do you think walks away with the championship at the end of the year? I'm giving it to S.A.O. Sting. You're giving it to S.A.O. Staying at home with that one? It's a homer pick, but uh, I've seen the left, and I've seen how they've gotten better, and they have such a star-studded lineup, and they're hungry, and uh, they're working really hard for this. Look, it's definitely not a stretch, given how the JV's per, uh, performed over the last two years. Speaking of which, let's move over to the JV now. 20 teams participating this year. Last year, like we said, Frisch and your SAR Sting playing in another classic finals matchup. How do these two teams stack up this coming year, and are we on a collision course for round three? So, I know Frisch has superior height, including returning players and new freshmen. Um, Frisch will always be a force to be reckoned with. I know that they have uh, freshmen last year who didn't play as much, who now in sophomore year are going to get plenty of playing time. So, they should be really good. Uh, SAR, we have three returning players, one of whom was a starter, Drew Greenbaum, who is a tremendous player, who just lights up, plays top defense, great dribbler, and a team player. We also have Nat Waxman, who can't miss a three, and Aaron Bluestein, who has a perfect inside-out game with some really good freshmen. So I'm excited for SAR. Um, do I think we could play first in the championship once again? Yes. Uh, but every year, I feel like we start fresh, because every year we have more sophomores playing and more sophomores on the team. So I don't really know until four or five games in how far I think we can go. Uh, speaking of SAR, you mentioned already that uh, one of, I believe you said, one of your sophomores is playing for varsity. Is that correct? Now, how does him moving up affect your team, if I can ask? I mean, he's a big loss, but we have Drew Greenbaum, who was a starting shooting guard last year, playing the point this year, and Drew can also play shooting guard, obviously. Um, Judah will miss him tremendously, wish him well, we'll look forward to watching him, but we'll, we'll be fine, we'll move on. So is it a case of having a glut of talent at a position and being able to afford it? Exactly. Um, it's very hard to replace a Judah Oppenheimer, and... I'm definitely miss watching him. Once I see him on our street, he's already very hard to watch. But I know he'll do really well there. Um, but I'm happy for him to take that next step. And it's like Kentucky, I guess. We're going to next. So we're going from John Wall to, uh, to uh, Andrew Harrison. Well, the torch passing right along. Speaking of the speaking of JV and the West, let's talk about who you feel the favorites are. I'm sure you've had a chance to to analyze the competition for this coming year. Well, it's interesting because I don't really know who the great eighth players are coming in at the start of the year. So you only hear rumors. 
right now, after one week into the season, MTA already getting a win on the year. MTA having defeated JEC. Uh, you mentioned JEC. JEC not getting off the snide yet, uh, taking two losses in their first couple of games. First jumping out to a very impressive 3-0 and start. A bit maybe against not the best competition, but definitely a representation of what this team could do. Yeah, I mean, a win's a win, that's for sure. Um, anytime Frisch has a win, whether it's by a lot or by a little, you know that they're still meaning business and it's not a fluke. Um, I think it's way too early to tell who's the real deal left. Moving back to the East, you mentioned Hank before. Hank jumping out to a 3-0 starter also in a dominating fashion. What is it about them that makes them so intriguing this year? So we played uh, Hank in an exhibition a couple weeks ago, and we were missing a few players. It was called Lucas. They were missing a few players. And they beat us by one in a cool week game. Um, they have this big man sophomore, can't remember his name right now. Michael Tsoi? What's that? Michael Tsoi? That's it. Yeah, he was unstoppable. He had 27 points. Um, he was hitting from the outside, he was hitting from the inside, he hit his free throws. They had another kid who was making three, he had four three-pointers. They had three really strong players. So I think they'll definitely make a lot of noise out in the Eastern Conference. So I can definitely be viewed as one of the favorites coming from the East. Anybody else in the East that really could make noise this year? Yeah, should be really good. Um, they had this kid Barrett last year as a freshman who was really strong, and now as a sophomore, I'm sure he got a lot better. Yeah, annually has a good team of teams, so I don't know who they have now, but I know that when we beat them uh, last year in the semis, there were some freshman players that can't remember their names, but... Very good too. Well, DLS right off the bat, dominating Ezra the other night, 81-28. to Hafter, though, taking what would apparently be a surprising loss to Mag and David. Two-point loss earlier this past week. What do you know about Mag and David? What can you tell us about them, if anything? I really don't know anything about Mag and David. They used to have great teams a few years back, and I know they had some dark times in recent years in basketball. Maybe they're making a comeback. I just don't know. What I do know, what I, what I know about them, having coached uh, for YCQ Junior High in hockey last year, the YCQ uh, Junior Junior High, sorry, Junior High basketball team lost to Mag and David in the championship. So at least from my perspective, I I know that they that they were for us as eighth graders last year and can easily see why that could be a result this year. Having never let most of the Mag and David kids go from the elementary school right into the high school. So, at least from my perspective, um, I can see where Mac and David could be competitive. I'm not sure too much about about the kids in, in particular, but I can definitely see where they where they rank. So, if you had to give me a top, uh, a top tier, give me the top three teams that you see fighting it out in March time, Yeshiva University on the line, who are the three that you see fighting for those two spots? If I had to predict, I would say SAR, Frisch, and Hank. Um, but by no means is that a perfect prediction because it's still so early. I just don't know yet what all talent will shake up like in the next few weeks. There is a Rubenstein tournament in a few weeks, which is also a good barometer. Um, usually top teams will play in that, and they play three games in a week, and that's a good test. Do you, do you have any information about the Rubenstein tournament? Any idea about that going in? I mean, it's going to be December 5th to 12th, and usually eight to ten teams play in it, and I don't know what the matchups are going to be. I don't know even what the home courts are going to be, except that SCR hosts the Sunday games. Okay, so they haven't given you any information as to who you'll be playing yet? Not yet, no. Okay. So it's just 12, it's not 5th to 12th. You... Monday to Sunday, and you play three games in those six days. Well, we look forward to talking about the Rubenstein tournament on our show when uh, when that information becomes available. 
So your season kicks off this coming week, is that right? We play FMCA on Tuesday night. Okay. What's the scouting report? Any any inside information on that? What can we look for? I know they have two returning players that were very good as freshmen. Um, Warburg and Pfeiffer were their names, and one was a point guard who was pretty big. So they're a pretty good team. I mean, playing at MTA is always a challenge. So our players are used to the high school court, and here they are playing at a college court. And if you're a freshman, it's bright lights. Even though it's one of you, it's not Duke, it's still a bright light. And it feels like it's a different environment with the whole... Um, the whole jumbotron up top with the name Glitter and MTA as opposed to just a random scoreboard. So you have to get used to the entire atmosphere, the aura of the place, which I think does impact freshmen. So I think the uh, court being larger and wider, I think that works for us. We're a very fast team and we like to run. We expect to score 70 points a game at minimum. So I think that does put well for us. Ironically, it's also the place where the championship is played. So is it better to get those jitters out of the way, especially when you don't play there often during the year? Is it better to get those jitters out of the way now as opposed to March? Or the oldest jitters in March because it is a championship? So definitely being on a court once before in the season and having that familiarity helps. But I think on championship day, the players that got it, got it. The players that don't, don't. So those who are big game players, they might have butterflies during the pregame introductions and the sport. With any luck, you guys will be back there again this year, and hopefully for hopefully for SAR, get over the hump. Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, greatly appreciated. Sure. Thank you for the wishes, and uh, anytime. Anything else you want to add? Um, I think a uh, shout-out to all my fellow coaches out there, and my assistant coach, Daniel Oppenheimer, who is the best in town, and to my varsity players who are now in LA, wishing them the best of luck. And... All right. Thank you so much, Michael. Have a great night. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. Again, thank you to Michael Courtney, SAR JV basketball coach, for his time for the Junior Varsity and Varsity Basketball Preview. Uh, we're running out of time, so unfortunately we will not get to our girls' recap this week. We'll do that next week along with every other league. We'll dive into every league. We'll have rankings for basketball and hockey, and we'll get into all of the action. If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation either every Tuesday or every Sunday night, depending on what time of the year it is. Or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up again. As of December 1st, JM in the AM will be exclusively on the Nachum Siegel app. So download that app so you don't miss any of JM in the AM or the Tuesday. Tuesday morning sports update action. See you next week right here on the Court Report only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of the Court Report. 
Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com